Welcome to NFP, the Non-Fungible Podcast, with your host, D. Klein. Hey, this is the Non-Fungible Podcast, NFP with D. Klein. Now proudly sponsored by the Koi Network, where you can mint atomic NFTs on-chain and get paid when your creations attract real traffic. Now you can find this podcast and you can dive deeper into blockchain trends on Cointelegraph magazine. Just go to www.cointelegraph.com magazine. My guest today is a comedic journalist, a life magician, and a vibe curator, Will Gaines. Will Gaines, welcome to NFP. I'm so happy to have you here today. It's great to be here, man. It's so funny because I thought the whole time we were just talking, it was recorded. <laughs> Yo, this is the shit. We just had a great conversation. Well, that conversation is just for us. It's just a moment in time for us to remember. Right? It's non-fungible. Well, and it's gone. So, you know. But it's in our it memories. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, you know, I was researching you before the show, as I usually do. And I was looking all over Twitter for it. I'm like, where the hell is this Will Gaines? And so I type in Will Gaines. Nowhere. I looked for living with Will. Living space with space Will. Didn't show up. You tell me just now. It's living with Will like one word, which I don't know why I didn't think of that, being that it's Twitter. It should be, right? You know, but finally I'm like, oh, there it is. Right? But I, don't worry, I have researched you. I have researched you, but it's just Twitter is just so nice for kind of seeing what's going on in your everyday life. Do you know what I mean? They didn't want you to find me until today. They wanted yeah. you to have a full, clean slate, <laughs> living with Will for the first time. Uh, so Maybe you're getting, what's that, that called man? when Twitter does that? When they shadow ban well, you? Is that the word? Me. <laughs> shadow, shadow ban, yeah. <laughs> they shadow ban me, they rugged me, they doxed me. Uh, and, and now with Meta, they, they zucked me as well. It's kind of like the Mandela effect where people are like, well, I don't remember it that way. So therefore that can't be true. It's like, no, you're not shadow bad. You're just not getting yeah. a lot of likes. Living with Will with spaces. No, no he's only living with Will, no spaces. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that towards you. I'm just saying in general, people, I think they assume, oh, there's something at fault here, you know? And it's like, no, nah, probably not. Do you really think Twitter's got that much time on its hands? What is it called? Occam's razor. The most mm. likely, the most likely outcome is usually the correct one. Right. Um, I think a lot of us need to hear that right now more than ever. It's like we, we make a lot of problems out of nothing. Mountains out of molehills, if, as you were. Although I do stand by it was Berenstain Bears in my reality when I was a kid. Not Berenstain Bears. Now, maybe you're a little too young for that. but I Listen, you just said it and my brain was like, wait, but which one is it actually? There's other words that are like that as well, like yeah. um, apricot and apricot. Fair enough. Or one and one. Haley's and Hallie's. What do you say when you say that you would you say that you won the race or that you won the race? I won the race. I would say one. See, I you know which one gets me is is folks. I know the correct pronunciation F O L K S is without the L. It's just folks. But I say folk. Yeah. I say folks, which is wrong. Damn. See, I, that's the kind of stuff that I love, though. I love <laughs> linguistics. Like, you could say it so subtly differently. Like, aluminum and aluminum. Yeah. I love that the English say <laughs> aluminum. It makes it makes an average, everyday word that much more eccentric and fun. Advertisement. 
It sounds so much more classic. That one fucks me up. That one fucks <laughs> me up. But I grew up in I grew up in France where they say advertisement. Ah, so it's a oui. little tu bit. Français. Mais bien sûr, j'ai vécu en France pendant sept ans. My childhood, ah, for those who didn't understand pas. that I was in France. Until I was 15 years old, I lived in France. And I said, I didn't know that. <laughs> All right, very cool. Yeah, do the translation. We'll put subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> Could be a really long and painful podcast. <laughs> like one of these dignitaries, what speaks, and then you have to wait for the translation and listen to the translation. And then they go back and oof, painful. And it's got the dubbing too. Like the, um, I just said what I had to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just moving his lips. Everybody just, this is not a video podcast. So, you know, strictly audio. Oh, it's not. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad I know. I'm glad I know. Well, I, well, I've been laughing and I've been ecstatic and joyous for those of you who can't see my, my face. I've been having a good time so far. He's high energy. <laughs> high energy. So anyway, we were talking before the show about how far back in the crypto you go. And you were mm. way back. Yeah, man. Um, it, it's one of those things. A lot of people that are coming into the space, you know, feel like the space started eight months ago. Yeah. But, you know, myself personally, I've been in since 2012. So I've seen the space change dramatically from mm -hmm. uh, when I first got in and it was it was the Wild West to, you know, where we are now, which is, you know, I, I would still say is is similar. I, I, there, you know, there's still not like true regulation. It's still pretty free. Mm -hmm. But um it's changed a lot. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, I find it interesting cool. that, you know, you can pretty much come from any political side and find a good reason for Bitcoin. Like, you can be anywhere on the political spectrum and there's reasons why Bitcoin makes sense. That's that's why I always stayed with it, right? Like, mm. blockchain technology, wherever you come from, wherever you grew up, wherever you're going, the radical financial instruments that power it, the algorithms and the code and the, and the tech that built it, uh, it benefits all of us. Whether mm -hmm. you know, you're living in the United States, whether you're living in Antarctica, um, the power of blockchain is that it's gonna move society and culture forward um, in, in, in ways that I can't even conceptualize and I've yep. been building a, a concept of for the past nine years. Totally. That's the thing. Like even those of us, and you've been in it longer than I have, who have been in it for years, we still can't imagine what it's going to be like. What's that called? The Dunning-Kruger effect, where when you just know a little bit of something, you assume you know a lot. And then the mm. more you learn about it, the more you realize you know very little. Mm, right? I love that. Dunning-Kruger. Right? I got to write that down. I think it's Dunning-Kruger. I believe so. Yep. 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 And, uh, you know, Basically, when you get into this stuff, that's when you start to get your mind blown. Where you're like, what the hell? I don't understand this at all, right? And there's just so much to it that I can talk, you know, I do three podcasts a week and I never get tired of talking about it because any guest I have on, they've got something interesting that they understand that I didn't know, you know? So it's pretty wild. I, so, I love that. So you go from crypto stuff now, of course, the big phenomenon now is NFTs, but a lot of people don't realize NFTs have actually been around for a good five years, right? What was your early experience with NFTs? Okay, so um, first of all, I got to say, rest in peace to my brother, Sami. He's a, um, okay. He was and still remains an amazing man. He actually got me on to NFTs. Um, Crypto Kitties, when of they course. first, came, like day one, he's like, Will, please trust me. 
I was like, dude, I wasn't sold. I was telling, I was telling you before we started the call. Um, there was I wasn't sold where, either. I saw CryptoKitties yes. when they were brand new, and I didn't buy them. Exactly. So I wasn't sold, and uh, and fortunately for him, he was. I mean, this guy was, you know, getting in BNB at pennies, cents. You know, like Sami had an eye, and and I should have listened to him on that as well. I missed the boat on BNB mm -hmm. uh, just because I I had some, but I really didn't see. Similarly with NFTs, and I'll say this to the audience, right? Like, you're not always going to see the utility immediately. Right. Don't beat yourself up for missing it because the whole point of education and wisdom is to acquire more and share it. So if you don't have the necessary, like, education or understanding to make a financial decision, like, be patient with yourself and trust it yourself that you're going to get to that point. And, and I'll share with you. Uh, what I shared with you earlier, which was that I went to Cinematic Music Group around that time because I did start seeing the value of social tokens and um, NFTs as it related to the art movement. So I went to Cinematic Music Group, which was T-Pain's label at the time, Sean mm -hmm. Kingston, Joey Badass, um, run by Johnny Shipes out in, uh, out in New York. And I was like, listen, y'all, we got to get you on the blockchain. Like we got to get T-Pain specifically is who I went to them with. And I, and you know, I say, I'm able to say the names cause I got the receipts. Like, so <laughs> I went to them and I was like, yo, we should really onboard this man. And the marketing head, you know, laughed me out of the room when Bitcoin was at 3000 because he yeah. didn't, you know, he didn't see the vision, which I understand. I, you know, no love lost. We're both, we're all in it now. I just saw T-Pain drop his NFT and I, and I tweeted at him like, Hey, I'm glad that you got people around you right now that are showing you the truth. Cause I can't imagine where they'd be right now had they got in then. Maybe sure. not. Maybe not even as far now. Who knows? You'll ne we'll never know. But I just I share that story with the audience because there's going to be times where you got to trust yourself and to know to do it, and there's got to be times to trust yourself not to. And it, mm -hmm. either even if you miss the boat, it was the right decision. Believe me, because I you know I've also made the wrong decision before where I sold too early. I sold some Bitcoin at like twenty thousand in twenty sixteen, thinking it was the. I was like. This can't go higher than 20,000. It can't, it can't. And and I was proven right in the short term. We saw sure. a crash from 20 to three. Yes. So I was short term rewarded. You took profits, that's not a bad thing. Took profits and I got back in. Yeah. But then, but then you know, when it comes up, you know, we make mistakes. Let me just also say to the audience, don't gamble kids. Please yeah. don't gamble. Because that, that was my biggest mistake ever was gambling. You can't, mm. you need to make informed decisions, calculated risk. In cooperation with the Coin Network, I am presenting Atomic Zombies by D. Klein. You can find these at atomiczombies.io. We've got 10,000 zombies that will eventually be available, each with their own set of random generative characteristics. You can watch your zombies' characteristics unlock, emerge, and evolve as they receive more attention online, powered by the Coin Network and proof of real traffic. Check it out at atomiczombies.io. It's very easy to get sucked into gambling. Like if even if you look at these things like board ape yacht clubs or things like that, you know, I'll have people say to me all the time, like, oh, you didn't buy a board ape yacht club? I'm like, no, I didn't. You know how many hundreds of these are on my platter on a daily basis that I see? Right? Like you cannot possibly invest in all of them. Now, I kind of wish I had, of course, invested in that particular one. But, you know, you're seeing new projects like that on such a constant basis, right, that you could easily get sucked into losing a lot of money, 
right? And not necessarily seeing the gains that people saw with that particular collection. Of course, course there's, 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 there's signs that it was a good project and that it was going to have some momentum, right? No question there. And I mean, one of my favorite things as well is that my phone is bugging out right now. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody that does an interview, by the way, if you're ever a guest, try not to use your phone. If you're able to... <laughs> Do it on your computer because phones are just, I'm just getting blown up right now. Well, here I am but watching Will Gaines' podcast. You've got the whole pro set up, right? It's horrible. Well, I was telling him earlier, I usually have a much more professional situation going, but um, if you could see my, my mic stand is empty because I left That's my good. XLR at a women's empowerment event we did. Right. Speaking of which, actually, this is yeah, a great transition. Yes. So, yeah. So, so we had an event on Friday in Venice, California. Shout out to my incredible co-producer, Ash. Ash Cooper Kearns is an amazing uh, community organizer as well as a nonprofit, you know, voice for Nose for Nose. But she's also just an incredible community member in the NFT scene. Mm-hmm. We threw an empowerment event for women in the space because uh, not only are women artists and participants in the space, but they're also leaders and innovators and radical rev- revolutionaries and their mothers and daughters and they're half our fucking planet. So yeah. there is a disparity though, that I think is important for us to reckon with, which is in 2021 of the incredible NFT boom that we saw only 5% of sales were women. Right. And that's not for no reason. So yeah, it's important that we, we, you know, kind of address those things. And that's what we did with the event on Friday. And that, that I saw that article afterwards, but, you know, we had done the event for that reason, because, you know, as I'm rolling out my Genesis project, the non-fungible show, I wanted to be sure that while things are happening for me in my career, and while that also might be another endeavor to open doors from a mm-hmm. TV film financing perspective, mm-hmm. that I'm also opening doors for artists who might not look like or sound like me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought that the first event um, being that women are, you know, you know, for those who can't see us, we're both um, white cis men sitting here that, you know, we that we make sure that we bring in everybody else as well. Yeah, well, it's a big task, right? Like you constantly have Mm -hmm. to kind of advocate for it because it's very easy to just kind of sit back and, you know, benefit from some of the privileges we have, frankly. Right. And I'm glad you say that. And it, and it's an important thing to reckon with. And I'll, and I'll say this to the people who are listening who might not understand that um, systemic and institutional hierarchies and systems of oppression, it's not, you didn't create this system. So it's not like you're willfully contributing to it. It's just, it is what exists. And it's important to reckon with that just as a fact. And that um, we have to actively dismantle it because mm-hmm. if we don't, I'm a firm believer in the black feminist theory of intersectionality, which is that all social issues are rooted in the same inherent problem. And that if we can't solve things like racism or sexism, then we can't solve things like environmentalism or classism. Mm. And if we can't solve those things, then we won't have an earth to live on. So, you know, it it comes down to a a life or death scenario for me where it's like, do we address the issues, the issues of oppression that exist in society or do we perish as a species? That's really where I see the, the, the stakes. And that's what I love about blockchain, right, is that it gives us these financial instruments and these like open door technologies where we can all benefit and we can all reap in a, the abundance that exists, but that it's going to take addressing these problems that exist in the traditional space. Because I don't know if you're familiar with the Gini coefficient uh, that mm-hmm. monitors wealth inequality, but uh, for the audience, 
who might not be familiar, um, if blockchain were reality, the wealth inequality gap would be greater. Enormous. As In, yes. So, yeah, it's it's really important. You think Elon Musk and Warren Buffett and uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos have, you know, a disproportionate amount of wealth? Well, it's a much greater uh, unevenness in in blockchain for sure because yes. of the fact that partially it's simply because it's young um yes and yes. when it started there were people mining thousands of bitcoins right so mm -hmm. you know when you had the pizza guy a lot of people don't know this about the pizza guy they're like oh poor guy he spent ten thousand bitcoins on pizza oh no that's terrible he actually did it on purpose and he did it more than 10 times because he was trying to spread bitcoins because of that problem they're highly, highly, highly concentrated in a few wallets. Now, some of those wallets are inactive and we don't know if they'll ever be active, right? So that's kind of an interesting problem. You don't really have that problem with, with currency. You know, but you talk about the, the system that we live in it being systemic. I was actually listening to some podcasts recently from an author, uh, her name is Isabel Wilkerson. She wrote a book called Cast. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't very interesting it looks at the whole problem of systemic racism and sexism i suppose although it addresses racism more specifically although she doesn't use the term racism she instead looks at the whole situation as living in a caste system and very similar in terms of where people are in society kind of determines how they're treated and the crossing between castes that's where you run into problems that's mm. where you have people resisting that. It's just kind of interesting and way it, of thinking about it. It, it is. And, and, you know, while I haven't read the book, I'd like to definitely check it out. There's there's things about society, I think, that we've lost touch with the fact that we are all humans, mm -hmm. right? And that the only people who benefit from dividing us are a wealthy few. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to move forward as people, look, we all share the same values, right? We want to be happy, some of the same values, but the ones that matter most, we want to be happy and pursue our happiness in a way that we feel comfortable with. We want to be financially secure for ourselves and for our families. And we want to go to bed full. Mm -hmm. That's about everything that every human wants on this planet. Blockchain gives us an opportunity for that if we address the issues that exist, right? Like we can't ignore the fact that how are we all gonna eat if we don't, if we ignore the fact that some people don't even have access to the internet. Mm. So it, it's a hard world ahead of us. I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase an activist named Audre Lorde, who I'd recommend to anyone in the audience who's wanting to familiarize themselves more with different waves of feminism and different um, uh, activist movements. But Audre Lorde says something incredibly profound, which is that, and I'm paraphrasing, that the, the problems of the world against us are great. There's no question about that. They're vast and they're powerful. However, we shouldn't be um, weighed down by that fact. We should rejoice in the fact that we wish to dismantle it and that we actively strive to. And then that we should be recharged and replenished. And I remind myself that to anybody who's listening right now and who's like, you know, getting weighed down by the conversation because it is intense, just know it doesn't need to be that way. You just have to re kind of recalibrate the way that you think about it, where it's like, it's not scary to think about the problem. It's exciting to think about solving it. Mm. Well, and you know, you brought up the Gini coefficient and one very interesting distinction between say Bitcoin and say, I don't know, the US dollar, okay? Mm -hmm. If you look at the US dollar, 
the Gini coefficient is worsening over time. Mm. All right. It's getting more and more concentrated into fewer and fewer mm. hands because of the nature of currency being issued out mm -hmm. of debt, right? Mm -hmm. And being issued to the wealthiest first who borrow at the lowest rates. And then the people at the bottom, they borrow at predatory rates. Difference with something like Bitcoin, of course, being it's gradually getting disseminated to more people. So it's actually going the opposite direction, which is kind of an interesting mm -hmm. phenomenon. I think that's hopeful. I it is 1000%. I mean, that's why I'm in blockchain, right? Mm -hmm. if, if I saw things getting worse in blockchain, then I, I'd be in the streets protesting the same way I am when things get worse in our society. They're getting better. We like we just you know, we're seeing um, things like in Clubhouse, like the let her speak kind of movement that was going on where men were actively being like, this is fucked up. They might not have been as well versed and educated in like sexism in the, you know, the system that propagates it. But these were everyday men being like, fuck this shit. You know what I mean? Excuse my French, but that's what they were doing. There was everyday white people this summer, you know, in the BLM movement who organized, it was the largest civil rights movement in American history, mm -hmm. right? So we're seeing a change. And I think blockchain is in many ways at the center of that change. I mean, we saw people create financial freedom and, and generational wealth uh, from generative projects to fine artists to neo-cubists like Gabe Weiss and Soul Curry Art to, you know, founders and creators like Oni Force and, uh, metaverse founders like Decentraland and um, I mean we're seeing it we're seeing it it's just it's just moving it forward and that's what I'm trying to do with the non-fungible show as well as bring let's in talk about the non-fungible show what do, what do, what do, sorry I interrupted you but tell me about it no I I appreciate it. you didn't interrupt me at all you 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 know the non-fungible show to me for those who don't know me um, I started my career as an A&R at Sony I transitioned from that job into working as a um, an agent in training at ICM Partners, which is a talent agency um, that works with directors and actors and the like, and kind of get like the A&R business of the film and TV world. And then I went from there working for a senator's office, learning how government works because they don't teach us how government works. So I mm -hmm. wanted to learn by doing, and I was given the opportunity to. So, and I worked at all these different institutions so I could learn how to not dismantle them, but how to restructure and reimagine what they look like. So the non-fungible show and the non-fungible showcase, which goes around with it, the event series that uh, we spoke on earlier, the women's empowerment event, that is me trying to open doors using my own voice to do so. So the non-fungible showcase is by highlighting artists, similarly with Living With Will and the interviews where I can highlight people um, in mediums such as this. The non-fungible show is more a way of showing creators how to finance their projects with no risk to cost um, and mm -hmm. all just risking your creativity on the world. So what I did was I created the non-fungible show manifesto mm -hmm. where I described to people how I do it and tried to keep it open source as kind of an homage to the cypherpunk manifesto. And I showed people if, if you know, so just so everybody understands, the non-fungible show as it stands right now is 12 one-of-one one NFTs. Mm -hmm. So there's one NFT to represent each episode. The first unlockable content you get with the, the floor price being 1.5. So let's say you bid 1.5, you won your episode. And there's only 12 of them. Your first unlockables would be the topic of an unscripted comedy documentary series. So you get to choose the topic of an episode of that season. Mm -hmm. And then your second unlockable will be a percentage of the sale at future date. Like let's say I go to... A studio I'll, i won't name any so that i'm not being held liable if i don't get that one but like let's say i go to any number studio they give us x amount of dollars 
those producers are going to be allocated a percentage of that sale. And there's only going to be 12. So I want to show people this is a lower to barrier entry away of filming TV and film financing. Like a traditional show could cost anywhere from 300 to 300,000 million, 300, to $3 million per episode. This sure. is the base price being around 6,000 right now. So we've already lowered the barrier entry. I know that the average American and the average human, because this is a global project, doesn't have that kind of money lying around. But I'm, I plan on moving towards lowering it even more. I just, I have to be able to pay a team. I have to be able to budget things appropriately. I can't, you know, shortchange the humans that'll be working on the project with me so that we can make it quality. But um, I'm really excited to see what the community chooses their topics. And if anybody wants to replicate this idea for themselves, if you like what you're hearing, you can go to the nonfungibleshow.com um, forward slash the nonfungible manifesto. And that link is at living with will everywhere. So if you want to, you could literally copy paste it, add in whatever you want for yourself, change the language to whatever fits for you, but you can copy my roadmap because this is open source technology. I'm trying to help everybody here. I'm also trying to help myself. And I think it's important for me to say for anybody who needs to hear this, um, I plan on making money when I sell this, right? And I shouldn't feel bad for that and neither should you for selling your work. Um, I'm working very hard on this. The, but right now, the, those those episodes are my budgets so that I can accomplish this. But when we sell this to a studio, I plan on selling for a profit. Of course. Because I deserve, you know, and I, I think it's important to say sometimes because I think young artists and, and um, self-conscious artists can sometimes think that, you know, it's a tough, for whatever reason, because there's also the anti-capitalist artists. Like, I struggle with this this need to participate in capitalism but also my problems with it so like there's many reasons why i say it but for those that need to hear it just know you deserve to make money off your work if you want to you don't have to sell your work you never do but if you choose to know that you deserve to make a profit and and think about what that number looks like to you because trust me i'm thinking about what we're going to go to the studio with <laughs> yeah yeah for sure of course so i was looking around on this uh what's the timeline for actually having these nfts available to people to actually bid on them. great question so two days from now we're recording this on november 17th i'm not familiar with how quickly between editing they come It'll out, out on november. so november 19th our next episode will be up for auction mm -hmm. um so every week on every friday for 11 weeks left an, an episode will go up for auction so once a week every week every friday and where do you find last week get on it the non-fungible show on OpenSea. You can also okay. go to the nonfungibleshow.com, mm -hmm. scroll down, and you'll see where the auction button is. Just click that. It'll bring you to the OpenSea page of the of the one that's up for auction. Right now, let's say you were to do that, um, it would bring you to the first episode, which sold to Jonathan Foley, one of the founders of Owning Force, which I'm incredibly grateful for him for. And I can't wait to know what his topic is. Um, so Okay. You know, so, really yeah, he gets to kind of lay claim to that then. Yep. Yeah, he has it. And then you also get derivative use of uh, your JPEG. So if somebody wanted to use, you know, uh, the image for something in the future as a mm -hmm. derivative project, you know, they're they're able to do so with the JPEG because I want people to know that, you know, you're not just getting the utility of the show. You're also getting the utility of the JPEG. Mm -hmm. You're also getting to, you know, interact with a, you know, a, a content creator directly. Like you are directly producing an episode of my show which mm -hmm. means that you are now a producer you get a producer credit you get to say that you were part of the the growth of living with will like 
these are all incentives that I also wanted to include, but I want people to know that, you know, we have plans for a lot more in the future and it's mm -hmm. not a generative project with a roadmap, but this is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like you're producing 10,000 NFTs or something. It's more of a, each one is a high value NFT. Exactly, exactly. Right. And it's and it's linked to a TV show and to a super cool JPEG. Um, yeah. I won't say too much about this week's episode, but I will say that uh, the artist who I worked with on the JPEG is an incredible artist. She's been killing it for a long time. She's been a close friend um, since the NFT boom mm -hmm. uh, in in February. So um, look out for it. It's going to be a really cool looking one. That's awesome. Now I'm looking at the non-fungible show on OpenSea. I don't see any pieces there yet. Is the first piece supposed to be on there yet? Or what's So happening? if you go to activity, if you go to activity mm -hmm. on the OpenSea page, you'll uh, see that it's sold. Okay. And this is, uh, you know, some of the pitfalls of, of listing a, a new collection. This is my Genesis project. So I never actually had minted anything before the first one. Mm -hmm. um, so it minted as a collection, which is actually perfect because it is the non-fungible show, which is going to be technically a collection uh, with 12 collectors. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's funny that it doesn't show on there. And I kind of love that, that it shows <laughs> there's no activity because at the end of the day, right now there is none. The show is not is out. Is that just a right? glitch then or what? No. So it's um, it's just different. It's it's like it's going through the collection page. It's not going through the main page, which is like, uh, okay. I just, I like it. It's kind of okay. different. Interesting. Like I don't. Interesting. Yeah, I found it now that you said that. So if you huh. so if you go to the main page and you're struggling to find it, just click on activity. You'll see the recent sale. And if you want to be a part of the auction, go to the nonfungibleshow.com and hit that auction button on Friday. It'll bring you to the page. And if the auction has started, it'll be there. And if you really want to pay attention, just hit those notifications on Twitter. You'll know exactly where to go, when to go. Mm -hmm. um, I try to I try not to say anything in advance because I don't want it to get botted. Um, I don't yeah, want right, to have right, somebody, right. yeah, you know, cause the floor is already higher than the, than the entry. I don't want people like, you know, I want people who want it to get it. So, right. um, just pay attention. If you want an episode, if you're no, you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to promote a business, if you're an artist trying to promote your work, if you're trying to fund like the topic or a theme of a social activist movement, like there are so many use cases for these episodes. And, um, I would love to have you as a producer. If anyone's listening, you want to become one. Um, would love to have you on the team. So that's awesome. How would they reach that's you? What's, best, what's the best way to reach you? I'm living with Will everywhere. I'm at Living okay. with Will on Twitter. I'm at Living with Will on Instagram. Uh, my website is livingwithwill.org. Um, so any I'm, one of those I'm, ways. Any one of those ways you can get in touch with me. If you wanted to email me, you can. But DMs work great. And uh, and if you really want to get in touch with me, but you can't, you know. Just come to NFTP and uh, maybe we can get you. In, maybe they can get you in touch with me at NFP Studios. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I was looking through your Living with Will um, video YouTube stuff, and you had this recent interview with Paris Hilton. What was that like talking to Paris Hilton? Okay, so I love that you brought that up because I I wouldn't have. I'm I'm grateful for that. So it, she's amazing, first and uh -huh. foremost, an incredible, highly intelligent, highly qualified incredible human being i'm just gonna say that from what i from what i saw of her in the short time we spent she's awesome mm -hmm. um we met at a, a michelin restaurant in miami called Kutz. thank you to origin protocol actually for partnering with me on that so 
when I got reintroduced to NFTs, um, because I was predominantly in like cryptocurrency, I wasn't very big on NFTs because what had happened with T-Pain in 2016, I kind of like, I didn't get jaded, but I just, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on the currency point. And um, because Blau did the drop with Origin Protocol, I saw 33 vinyl sell for 11 million. I was like, well, okay, I need to get back in NFTs. It sounds like people are paying attention now. And I'm like, who are these Origin Protocol people? Started doing my research, you know, interviewed Josh Frazier on the show, one of the co-founders. Um, I got in touch with them. And um, during a job interview with them, I was like, you know what? Um, I think what we could really do is do the first comedy documentary on NFTs and cryptocurrency at Bitcoin Miami. Because there's never really been like a comedy take on the space. Everybody takes it so seriously, right, right, which is yeah. good. It is. It's very serious. Like you all know from this past interview, I take it seriously too. But I'm also a comedian. So I was like, you know what? Let's just go the comedy route. We'll, we'll interlace it with, with seriousness. We'll have serious interviews. But let's just go to Miami and just have a good time. They, they agreed to partner with me. We went down and it was an absolute fucking blast. I mean, I interviewed Paris Hilton at a Michelin restaurant. That should be at the top of the totem pole because I didn't even think that was going to happen. That sure. happened in Miami. Yeah. You know, it wasn't part of the run of show that we that we'd be interviewing her and, um, you know, meeting with people from, you know, Pantera Ventures or, um, you know, meeting with Playboy and, and their incredible NFT team. Shout out to Ben and, um, you know, the people over at Pantera as well. Like, like we connected with some movers and innovators in the space in a way I didn't expect. I mean, I was I was interviewing the Bitcoin car as a joke. And the driver for the Indy 500 was looking at me like, who is this idiot? And then I ended up interviewing him. So it was, it was, it was a You've blast. You've got the Indy 500 driver there and you're interviewing the car. It was amazing. Well, because that's the thing, right? Like, you never know. I was on the phone just now with someone. I won't, I won't say who they are because, you know, we're in talks for some things that um, can't tell everybody everything. But we're in conversation and. They were basically like, "What's your plan for our Basel? What do you, uh, what do you plan on shooting for Basel?" And I was like, "I'm going to be completely frank with you. Unless we are partnered in some way where I'm financially incentivized to answer that question, I can't because I don't know yet. I got to figure out who's partnering with me and where they're going to have me at. I might so, actually be um, there. I might actually be in Miami. Let's connect. Let's yeah, definitely yeah. connect. And anybody yeah. who's listening right now, come and find us. Because if mm -hmm. you find me, for example, you will be up for a raffle for an exclusive NFT. So definitely try and find me if you can. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, nah, it was Bitcoin Miami was amazing. And, and it's something that, you know, while I'm doing the non-fungible show and while I do the Living with Will interview series and while I start the NFT show YouTube series with um, Show Me Your NFT and NFT Lauren, while I'm doing all these projects, I'm also shooting my own comedy documentary series, which is living with Will in the world, which is whenever there's these um, conferences, like I was just at, I just hosted NFT NYC. Mm -hmm. I shot that as well. And that was just, you know, I didn't have a partner like Origin Protocol. That was just living with Will Industries, um, run and gun. I had the camera in one hand, Mike in the other. Uh, and, you know, I was like introducing Busta Rhymes on the stage. Yep. He embraced me. I was in a mink coat. Okay, let me show you something crazy, okay? <laughs> okay. Hold on okay. one second. Okay, so okay. what is in my hand, ladies and gentlemen, is a script that I was written when I was on stage for Busta Rhymes, the leader of the new school. I was given a script because they wanted me to adequately, you know, I don't know the guy. Of course. Um, and he's working on things. I had to introduce him. It was one of the highest honors I've ever had to read from a script that was written to me for him. And I'll share a story for people who, um, you know, uh, this is behind the scenes information. 
uh, I was instructed to, whereupon introducing him, you know, see myself off stage. It's a big deal. It's Buster Rhymes. I don't want to get in the way, and I'm not going to make stand it. Stand there nodding. <laughs> you know, of course, I of course I I disappear. However, this is a multi-platinum hip hop legend. I'm talking pioneer in hip hop, and we're pioneering. I would say blockchain is very deeply rooted in hip hop culture. So being that we're a space that stands with hip hop, he walked out to us, not silent, but like this man walks out to screaming, ranting, raving crowds. He walks out to a like, you know, more calm. They're a little tired. It's later in the day. I go back out there. I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> and the microphone, just hype manning it, right? Getting the energy up. And when I came back on the stage to see him off and I was bringing back the energy again, I was wearing a mink coat that I had somebody was wearing backstage. I put a mink coat on and uh, he embraced me in front of all of NFT NYC. And I'll tell the audience this on that day and for all future days, I will never doubt myself again. When Buster Rhymes bear hugs you in front of the world, you made it. That's pretty awesome. I felt like the goat and I never yeah. felt like that in my life. I want to tell people this as well really quickly because I'm, I'm, I'm exuding like confidence from myself and that's not, that's new for me. So I want to just quickly share with people my entire life. I was incredibly self-deprecating hmm. and um, I, my, the inside of my brain was a very toxic place. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a recovering drug uh, addict. I have, a, I had a substance abuse problem. I'm a recover, recovering gambling addict. Um, I, I, for a very long time was very unkind to myself. And it, you know, it was because of things like getting jumped as a kid and being told by people that I wasn't shit. And so I started internalizing it, but I was very unkind to myself. And it wasn't until two weeks before NFT NYC, when I got in the hosting gig and things were starting to move for me, I was driving my car and I had the thought for the first time that I fucked with myself, that I liked myself for the first time in my whole life. And I started crying in my car because I meant it and I, and I'd never meant that before. And I'm getting emotional talking about it, but I share it with you all because I just exuded a lot of confidence and I want to share that with people who may not have true authentic confidence and who are like me. And for many years faked that and it wasn't authentic. Just know, um, keep faking it because one day it will become true confidence because it's coming from a place of self-love. You're telling yourself that you're the shit even when the world is telling you you're not because it's true, you are. Every human being is uniquely great. We all have a gift and an ability that no other human on the planet has. And if you hone it and if you, and if you sharpen that tool, you will be the greatest you that you could ever be. And I'm here as a resource to help you with that. So sometimes I overshare, but it, it's because I think, you know, a lot of people are going through a lot right now mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. with the, with everything going on in the world. Um, so I share that with you all just to, you know, re-empower the fact that you're the shit, yo, through the, through the mic. I want everyone to know, including yourself, because sir, <laughs> that we're fucking amazing and we're, and we're going to do incredible things if we do it together. That's awesome. Wow. Well, hey, that's quite the inspiring speech there. Did you want to like wrap up with like, what do you got coming up here in the next like week or two for people to kind of pay attention to about you? Totally, totally. Um, so first and foremost, I want to just say a huge thank you. This is, I, I don't often get interviewed. So it was, uh, it was a big honor and I am a fan. You're usually so the interviewer, you. right? So yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, actually that, that origin protocol, it didn't click for me that I did a, piece for uh george lopez foundation and i think amazing uh, anyway it was someone on the team that picked up the george lopez piece uh, that was for uh, yeah. ki kidney 
um, mm-hmm. support for kids suffering from kidney disease. Exactly. And they yeah. did a drop so, with him. Awesome I think people. They did awesome people. Great people. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they did a drop with George Lopez as well. I think with Ali Sabet. Shout out to an incredible artist mm-hmm. and a friend. Um, Ali, yeah, Ali is the man. Um, but yeah, as, as far as the sign off, man, um, I'll just say on Thursday. So tomorrow, November 18th, if you're in Los Angeles, I'm going to be doing a onboarding 101 NFTs and Web3 education uh, on Melrose. We're, uh, I'm, I'm so fortunate to have partnered with a really awesome hype beast local establishment called Cookies and Kicks. If you like hype beast culture, if you like Jordans, if you like um, Yeezys, pull up on the store because it's crazy in there. And we're also going to have a lot of amazing music, NFT live displays, projection mapping. Um, so if you want to come and you're in LA, we'll be there and we'll be there um, moving forward in the future as well if you missed this one. And uh, so find me on Living With Will anywhere for more information on that. And then, like I said, Non-Fungible Show Friday, if you're interested in you know being a part of the first ever Non-Fungible Show uh, and you want to be one of the first 12 producers and you want to choose a topic for the first non-fungible TV series, I'd highly recommend checking it out. If you're not familiarized enough with it by then, then there'll be another one every week for the next 11 weeks, every Friday. Uh, and you can find out more at the nonfungibleshow.com. You can find out more at Living With Will on every social media platform. And finally, I'll wrap with the most important thing, which is uh, let's be there for each other. The The world is a much more beautiful and uh, kind and, and fun place to live when you surround yourself with people who want what's best for others. Um, you can want what's best for yourself. I think a degree of selfishness is required for life to be fulfilling. you got to fulfill your own truth and your own passion, but surround yourself with people who want to help you and who you want to help because uh, your life will become infinitely better. Let's take care of each other. Let's uplift one another. Um, if you're a collector, I highly recommend looking into collecting people who don't look like you or who don't have your lived experience uh, because that's how we're going to make the space truly diverse and truly inclusive is if we do the work. So I want to end with that and just say success and happiness to everyone who hears this. Uh, you are going to do incredible things. I'm saying this to you through the phone. I hope that you re- hear it and it resounds with you. And if you're going through something right now, my heart is with you and your family in the time that you're having. And whatever way that is, um, I'm sorry for whatever it is. But just know that this moment right now with me saying this is the beginning of the next step towards it becoming better. So that's a that's about a way I can grab it. I think I'm comfortable with that. Make sure that you're following this man and everything that he's doing because he brought me in here. So we're aligned. And so this is my family. So uh, fuck with him. He's dope. <laughs> Thanks so much. I love your energy. I love your passion. And thank you for bringing that to the show. It's it's cool. And uh, I look forward. Maybe I will see you in Miami. It'd be cool if I can make it. Let's figure that out. And, I, mm-hmm. and also to the audience, who knows? Um, we will be having this conversation reversed on the Living Will Industries if I can, uh, if I can finesse that interview, I would love to have you on the show. I'd be it would happy be an there. honor. I'd be happy to be there. Right on. Amazing. Okay. Well, hey, best of luck to you with all this stuff going on, and I'm really excited for. Wow. I mean, this living with Will, the non fungible show, so much going on. That's awesome. Thank you, and we're just getting started. Events, like I said, we're we're doing everything. This is the vibe curator. This is the awesome. this is the, the comedic journalist and the life magician. Uh, and my name is Will. And it was nice to meet everybody uh, who I didn't know before. They heard me today. Right on. Take care, man. Thanks a lot. You too. Okay. You too. Thanks again for listening to the Non-Fungible Podcast. See you again soon. <laughs>